four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Halloween edition of 40 Going On 14. I'm Mike, and uh, today is the uh, Halloween two, uh, 2007 versus 1978. Yes, and with me are... Patrick. Ciao. <laughs> and I'm Josh, and I briefly considered a career as a serial killer, and then I realized I neither had the patience to stalk my victims, nor the direction sense to follow them when they ran away from me screaming and tripping. So, take that yearbook, most likely to. <laughs> and we can back I up that's to, honest. I have to I have to concede on that one. I've driven with Josh before, and yeah. we... We've gotten lost mere blocks from the apartment. Josh would would manage to kill himself somehow before he killed anybody else. (laughs) So this is interesting because we're doing the Halloween episode on Halloween, but no one's going to be listening to it until, like, November. Should we we be spooky then so they know it was recorded on Halloween? Oh, yeah. How can you be any spookier than you are? Uh, That's what what my last date told me. (laughs) And then you proved why how you could be. Exactly. Yes. So, Joel. (laughs) Yes. Um, do we have the voicemail? Do you have the voicemail I, that you can play for us? I have it, but I gave it to you. But if, cause if I play it, isn't it going to echo? Well, earlier when you were playing music to seduce Patrick, it wasn't echoing. Oh, okay. it was echoing. It yeah, did? Yeah. It did. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, no, don't do it. And I'll. <laughs> He'll hit a button out. and disappear for the rest of the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to lose both of us. Take his pet with him. <laughs> and he's gone. Dink. Gone. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll skip over that part. No, All right. you got to get it in somewhere. <laughs> That's, That's what he said. <laughs> Should we mention the important detail that I am actually with Mike in the same room now? Yeah. On this recording? We are actually, and he is up in Chicago. And hey. uh, Hopefully we're, uh, we went, we went trick-or-treating earlier today, so that was fun. <laughs> hopefully we will still have clothes on by the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we did not get arrested trick-or-treating, even though Patrick was dressed as the dude. Or as the rest of the neighborhood knew him, that hippie Jesus. <laughs> that hippie Jesus. Uh, well, he was. I don't. I don't understand. We, get, we were getting weird looks, and he's walking down. He's got the beard, the wig on, with the brett and the hair to pull his hair back, and he's carrying a coffee can and a white Russian, and no. And, and still, still thought wait, Jesus. where do you still find a white white Russian this time of year? Aren't they all in Russia? The drink. The white Russian. Oh, I thought you meant like just, I figured they're, never mind. Yeah, a white Russian, you know, yeah. like, Anna Kornikova, I wish. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> so, and I was dressed as Doctor Who. <gasps> you were not! Yes, he was, it was actually really good. Oh man, are there pictures on Facebook? Uh, not yet, yeah. Yeah, oh, there's, oh, yeah, yeah, there's, the, there's pictures on Facebook, I dressed as uh, the Matt Smith Doctor Who. Holy shit, I'm up okay. and, Um I just typed in Matt Smith instead of Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him th- okay. th- what the kids were. Is oh, I was I was Doctor the Matt <gasps> Smith Doctor Who, uh, Suzanne dressed in blue as a TARDIS. Amy Pond. And um, <laughs> TARDIS. Yeah, Su- my older girl was older Amy Pond, and my younger girl was Amelia uh, Pond. Yeah, Amelia Pond, little little Pond. That is quite possibly. You just made my night, Mike. <laughs> well, here's the problem. That is awesome. Is that <laughs> to the to the rest of the neighborhood? We're just a you know, kind of well-dressed family with a dad who liked to wear a fez. If we were hanging, at out, Gen- with Jesus hippie. hanging out with Jesus hippie, a kid with no head and a ninja. <laughs> and that was, that was a crowd walking around. If we were at Gen Con or C2E2, everybody would have known. The rest of them, you know, Katie, poor thing, had to go to like every door. I'm Amelia Pond. 
from Doctor Who. It's a TV show. <laughs> no, really. It's on right now. It's no. It's good. Watch it. It's good. Fine. I'm dressed up, really. It was, <laughs> give me my candy. <laughs> give me my candy. Look, my dad back there, he's got a, he's got a sonic screwdriver. Yeah, this Who is. Who are you calling? <laughs> that kind of thing is why I try and limit my movements to the comic book store in my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait. Everybody in the cul-de-sac knew who I was. Just the rest of the neighborhood was kind of confused. So. If I was there, I would have been all over you. Well, oh, thanks for your feelings about that. Yeah, thanks for making it awkward. <laughs> That's my job. Speaking of awkward, so, we have a we have a voicemail. Do we have a voicemail? Are we bringing that I'm back cool. around again? We do, and this is where we will play the voicemail. <laughs> yes, the voicemail is here. Mark motherfucking Summers. And here's a problem I have with Mark Summers. Everyone says, "Oh, he's suffering from OCD." You know what? It's a hardship, and it's a hardship that he's nurtured within himself. And it's also a hardship that he's making seven figures to deal with. So, you know what? He's not suffering from shit. It's a hardship. It's part of his life he wants to deal with. It's not a hardship. It's not a fuck. He's not suffering from it. He's fucking... It's it's the same thing with me. You know, I'm, I'm half deaf in one ear. I wouldn't say I'm suffering. My knee hurts. I wouldn't say I'm suffering. I'm dealing with it. Stop making this fucking dude who's making a shit ton of money to stick his hands in baby shit once a week. You know, stop, stop making... It, poor fucking him. Poor him now. Now, fuck him. Love the show. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that voicemail. I believe that was and Charlie from the Undercover Unitards uh, sending us yes. our first voicemail. So so he had a uh, a comment about our talking about Mark Summers. Yes. And I believe... The, uh, fuck Mark Summers was the, <laughs> was the big, starting right off. I mean, he liked how he didn't have any run around. He just jumped right in with his feelings about Mark Summers and, uh, he's got some a double pen- there guy. Yeah. And Where'd the guy go? from Unwrapped. This must have been last week when I wasn't around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. We, we were talking about how he, uh, suffered from. No, that wasn't last week. No, it wasn't. No, oh. that was, that was when we were doing old TV shows. Remember? That- oh, wait. Yes, it was. Cause I, that's when I first started doing the, Hi, I'm Mike. I run a show. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. Yes, it was last week. Yeah. I rescind my previous comment. I run a show. <laughs> what does that mean? But the, the, my takeaway from the voicemail was basically that uh, ri- rich people don't suffer because they have money. Because money is some sort of shield which makes you invulnerable to pain and disease. Which explains mm-hmm. why I'm so pained and diseased, because I don't have yeah. any. I, w- I, would, I would somewhat agree with that, I, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, money gives you all kinds of advantages, and, and, and one of the biggest things that money gives you is, is freedom and, and the ability to do things that other people can't. I mean, as far freedom and options, really. I mean, Well, that's really true, does. but I mean, if you've got a condition, you've got a condition, regardless of whether you have money or not. Sure, he... Look at, look at Magic Johnson. I mean, he, he's basically been cured of AIDS because he has millions of dollars. Thank you, South Park. Well, this this show just took a real dark turn. <laughs> yeah, how did we get on this? What's going on here? <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. All right, so hey, I wonder what happened this week in 1988. <laughs> you ass clown. All right, let's go. I love it. All right, so this week in 1988, what happened, Mike? Well, it kind of blew. I was I dug around a lot and I tried to find something good, tried to find something really fun. But number one hit on the Billboard charts this year in 1988 was "Groovy Kind of Love" by Phil Collins. Uh, <laughs> I I I want to punch that man in his throat 
I hate Phil Collins as well. I, I so, note yes. that in the show notes, he's referred to as Phil Collins. <laughs> did I? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Freudian, your Freudian slip yeah. is showing, Mike. Yeah, sorry about that. We've got All right. a groovy kind of love. Hey, he was awesome when he was with Genesis, and after that. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's like the Lionel Richie thing. You know, you, you, gotta, you need people around you to make you cool, otherwise you suck. Dancing you know? on the ceiling was a masterpiece. <laughs> Ooh, that's a bold statement. Dude, hey. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield cameo in the video. That's all I'm saying. That's all it really takes for me, too. So Rodney Dangerfield was also in Ladybugs. Not everything he did was gold. Now I feel dis- disheartened. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> all right, so... I love Rodney, I love Rodney so, but, you know... Yeah, so, so groovy kind of love. What do we have for movies? Movies? Uh, the Ladybugs? <laughs> yeah, Ladybugs <laughs> came out that week. No, uh, Moonwalker came out. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick just put coke through his nose. All right, well, Moonwalker might have been a so-so oh movie, but I played the arcade game, believe yes. it or not. I, I, that, is what made oh. me, that is what made me almost snork thinking about the video game. Oh, I, was like, I love that game. The game was awesome. You can get to play a giant robotic Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. <laughs> I must have gone to a different arcade when I was younger. <laughs> so, Mike. Well, and yeah. you're rescuing that, that all of the jumper. children. <laughs> yes. That's that's the fun. That's the best part. It gets so creepy. Michael's gonna rescue all you children. We can go back to my house and have some Jesus juice. (laughs) And by Jesus juice, never mind. (laughs) And number one movie that year or that week was Rain Man. Definitely a good movie. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Charlie Babbitt grabbed grabbed me and squeezed me and hurt my neck. (laughs) So that was nineteen eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. Kind of a meh week. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Rain Man was pretty That's, good. Rain Man was good. Waka waka wayne. But, <laughs> I had, you know, Iko Iko was in there. You know, yeah, that, that, you know, I think was, that's what he was just doing. Yeah, I think, I think that, that, what that was. You know, yes, I'm not I thought that was just the worst Fozzie the Bear impersonation <laughs> I've ever heard. Jack him up, you know, Nate. That's Fozzie having a stroke. <laughs> hey! Waka waka me on Nate! Yeah, what is it? <laughs> Are you okay, Fozzie? Somebody get the AED. I got the shotgun. Incidentally, that song, uh, I really like it because it talks about like the cruise from uh, Mardi Gras down in New Orleans. Uh, yeah. If you ever watch, the, there's an HBO show, uh, oh, I'm blank, Treme. And you'll see a lot of the uh, competition between the various crews, and you'll see some of the parallels, some of the things that they are talking about if uh, you listen to the lyrics in that song. Oh. Pretty neat. I thought this was all about, I thought it was a song all about flag boys. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our new PSA. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of doom, 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 doom. All right, so enough of that. On to uh, talking about Halloween. Halloween. So, first one, we're going to start out with the 1978, directed by John Carpenter, who also did The Thing, Escape from New York, and one of my favorites, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, such a good movie. What a great little list of movies this guy has seriously. Along with, you know, and he's he's done some really good stuff. I love John Carpenter as a director. Uh, This is also starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance. And outside of that, uh, Nancy Loomis, see. PJ Souls. Come on, there's more. Okay. I know there's more, but I didn't write them down. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'm going with the two people uh, wait, most. Wait, 
I just Loomis. Well, I wonder if they, they named the character in the second movie Loomis. It was just not. a happy little accident. Happy coincidence. Okay. Yes. Uh, All right. Okay. So, thanks for ruining my joy for a second. Well, and it's worth uh, mentioning the producer of this uh, film because uh, the second film was dedicated to the producer of all of the original Halloweens. Oh, okay. Who was who produced that, Joel? You're, um, you're my fault. Uh, Mustafa Kad. His yeah. son took over uh, once he passed on. He was killed in a, a car bombing, actually. Yeah, the terrorist attacks in Jordan. Yep. We keep taking we keep taking <laughs> bad turns tonight. We get some dark shit. <laughs> Halloween, it is. All right, Halloween. We're having fun. Are you serious? He they died in the car bombings. He yeah. did. Yeah, him and uh, His father, the, the original producer. Yeah, and and one of the yeah. other uh, people that I forget uh, that worked on the movies. Um, I'm drawing a blank, now, but yeah, sad. sad it was day. safe to say the last Halloween movie he made wasn't the only bomb he had. Wow! Ooh. Ooh. Too wow. soon. Save it for the stage, Pat. Save it for the stage. <laughs> All right. Jesus Christ! All right. I don't so. know you anymore. <laughs> don't feed the troll. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, original, original, uh. That's it. I gotta remember not to move the chair. Sorry. Yeah. Um, original Halloween. Yes. What do you think? Let's say. Um, st- well, Let's Joel, I want to leave you to the end because you're the you're the horror guy. Yeah. Patrick, start with think? me. Um, basically, uh, this is the first time I was introduced to Jamie Lee Curtis as a child. I saw this movie in the theater, and um, all I got to say is all those rumors about her being born a boy. Nah, that there's no way they're true because that, that is all woman. I've loved her forever. So yeah. So this movie's always held a spe- special place in my heart, and the thing that always just stuck with me the most was it was the first movie as a child that I saw where there was like this big ending where some you know the big twist ending when they look down and they see that you know his, the body's not there, and that was the first time I ever got really freaked out in a movie going, "What the hell?" <laughs> uh oh. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously very dated watching it again, you know, um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I still like it. Still scary. Still good. So. Thumbs up from me. That's it. That's it. I, you know, I mean, I, I. He's a simple man. Yeah. Yeah. What's? He's a simple <laughs> kind of man. I, I will. I, I, will, I will most likely interrupt you guys as you're talking and as things come to mind, like I always do. You know, because yeah. my pot out of brain can't remember everything. You know. So, Josh, what about you, man? What did you think? Okay, this is one of my very favorite horror movies. One of the reasons is not only did it set up the whole, like, serial killer slasher genre. It might not have been the first, but it was the one that uh, spawned the most copycats. And Mm. you note, watching it, uh, that the slow, deliberate pace, which some of the, like... I don't know, shorter attention span modern audiences actually have a hard time with it because it is very slow and very deliberate. There are scenes where (laughs) in any other horror movie, you know, okay, the killer or the monster is going to strike now. And in the original Halloween, you still get that, oh, okay, I know he's going to be behind the door and he's going to strike now, and he doesn't. You see him stalking. You see him in the background. And it builds this tension because you're like, okay, I've been conditioned to expect the killer to strike at particular times. And he's not striking. When is he going to finally do it? And uh, mm-hmm. I actually found that, e- even uh, as an adult, that was kind of getting to me because I, I was ready for it for the jump scare. 
and the jump scares weren't happening. It was uh, a lot more uh, terror drawn out. Uh, more suspense, even, than uh, terror or horror, I'd say. Yeah. More like a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. I will say there were, I mean, a lot of those cuts that were they had, they had in the uh, first one was the, where you see him in the window, camera pans away, comes back, he's gone. Yeah. Like you know, the, cla- the classic looking out the window, seeing him standing there, and exactly. he's gone. Or, yeah. or you see his, I'm, one of my favorite shots of, actually from both mm-hmm. of the movies, is the long out shot where you just see his silhouette. Right, where you could almost miss that he's even in the shot at all, if you're not paying yeah. attention. Well, and they even yeah. took that to another interesting spot in the the second one, which wasn't done by Car- Carpenter, but there's a scene in the hospital where there's the uh, maternity ward. see him standing in the window in a, like a frosted glass behind where two nurses are talking, and he's off in the distance, and if you didn't look, you wouldn't catch him. But they do that a lot, where they'll just, he'll be in a random spot, and if you don't see it the first time, you know, you might the second, but it's, you still register. Yeah, we, we both, we're looking at each other. We both missed that. Wait, we in the second him. one? Yeah, in the second one. There's a, yeah, we missed that. There's a scene where he's I, standing in the back of looking no. him through a frosted pane of glass and you just see him in silhouette, like staring. And it's just like, Ugh. I don't recall a maternity. What for? Okay, he goes into okay. the maternity ward. He walks. Josh, did you see the maternity ward? The um, I don't remember. Him, was was there even a hospital? The whole That's, movie yeah, takes place in a hospital. The, asylum. No. the second movie, the whole movie takes place in a hospital. All right, okay, wait, 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 we're going to hold up. Oh, you're talking about Halloween 2. I'm tying in part 7. No, I'm tying part 2 into part 1 as far as how That's they carried over the, that theme. When you said the second one, I thought you meant the other movie we watched. Right. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I was with them, too. Okay. Yeah, we were all there. We're in the same spot except for... Oh, this would be the point if we were all together, Joel. We'd all, you know that look we all give you? Yeah. Yeah, we're giving you that look. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Back to what you're saying. Josh? Oh, that's that. That's all I got, really. I mean, it's a huge part of... I talked last week about how I didn't see very many horror movies as a child, but this was, I would say, probably in the first dozen as a teenager when I started getting into the genre, and it remains in my top ten uh, to this day. Yeah, easily for me, too. Yeah. yeah. The, um, I will have to say, in the, in watching it, what are some of the, show, the notes I left for myself? I like one, the nurse in the car. First off, it, it's, first off, I, it cut from Michael Myers as a kid, bang, he's an adult. You didn't need a lot of backstory on Michael, Michael Myers for, uh, for this one, uh, for the first one. It was, he killed, he killed, he winds up in prison, now he's breaking out. There wasn't any, any what what's the word I'm looking for, Pat? Exposition. Yeah, that's all you. That's all you needed to know. That's all John Carpenter gave you. This kid went berserk, killed, murdered, and then wound up in the insane asylum and then broke free. At second, that nurse was the worst nurse I've ever met in my life. In that car, she was a real bitch. <laughs> I was actually kind of rooting for her to get killed. <laughs> actually, I, one of my one of my thoughts was, you know. As soon as the, the guy stole the car from her, <laughs> I was like, so basically, the doctor should have been like, so basically this guy just hit you in the face and you gave him the car. <laughs> that, you know, that was kind of, I thought that was kind well, of Well, they set him up to be a pretty frightening character, so I mean. No, no, no I'm, just, I'm, I'm talking about when they, when they I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm talking, when they first pulled up at the Innocent Asylum and they saw all the people milling about. Yeah. And then they're waiting at the gate and that guy jumps on top of the car, smashes through the window and grabs her head, you know. 
That was and, and, Jason. And she, and she, or that was Myers. Michael. Yeah. That was Michael he Myers? He stole the car. That's how he got yeah, away. Yeah, but I mean, it's like he... Wait, no, I, I did not catch that. That 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 particular character was Michael Myers. What, yes. Mm-hmm. What movie are you watching? I don't know. When did they explain that, that he was the one in the car, that he was the one that attacked her? And... When, when Donald... This may be one of those like, parts where you blacked out. He's like, Michael, Michael. And he's like, upset about it. Did you think he was like another insane serial killer? Yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was just no, like I thought going he was just to a another random movie? insane. I thought I thought he was just a <laughs> random insane person that was at the asylum and trying to escape. I didn't think he had to be Michael Myers. Maybe maybe a, maybe But it really was a weak attack that she uh, I I stick with my point. It was a weak attack that she ran from. But again, like if, if he'd have had a knife or if he'd have hurt her in any kind of way, but all he did was muss her hair up really. But he was upset, or she was upset because all she'd heard about how Michael has the blackest eyes and how he is the devil and you know he's just Character is just pure evil, and so I, how would she know that that was Michael Myers? She wouldn't know that that was Michael Myers. As how is she not going to know? She, she didn't read the script. The character did not read the script. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, place, I gotta agree. If he'd had okay. a knife, she wouldn't have really been able to tell the story. Eh. This is the part where I look at Josh and make him that face, right? Hmm. Mm, yeah, except ours is one of consent, Joel. <laughs> Uh, I never get any consent. <laughs> People are always giving me the consent face. <laughs> uh huh. Especially me. Or, or so what? What, Joel? Come on, that sentence. <laughs> yes. Favorite part of the movie, Joel? Uh, first one of the first not, one. Not, not Halloween two. No. Not Halloween. You, are you done? You haven't even gone um, yet. We were I saving, did. We were, we were saving Joel for last. You were saving Joel. Did I go? You were just talking about the nurse. Yeah, you were yeah, talking about the nurse. Finish. And, okay, I'm going again. I have to agree. Okay. Josh, the, I agree with you on the him biding. He bides his time. He does not, you know, like he's not the jump out, kill you immediately. He's not the, the spring out of the, spring out of the box when you expect him to. But I have to say the, my favorite attack back on him is when he gets the wire hanger in the eye. Oh yeah. That's pretty sweet. That's good stuff. <laughs> How many victims did he actually have? Not a whole lot. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, when he, when he said the coat hanger in the eye, I, all I could think of was he dotted his eye. <laughs> I'll dot your eye. Oh. Yeah. Well, he killed Sister in the beginning. Sure. And with the nice boobies. Yeah. I mean, he didn't kill her with nice boobies. I mean, she, because the sister had nice boobies. Yeah, I, I may have brought up the low number of his victims for a particular reason. We, we may be revisiting this later. Well, yes. Oh, is it going to be a callback? <laughs> uh, if Mike has anything to do with yes, it. Yes, we call it the business. Um, well, let's see. Okay, so his sister was in the very first one. That's what put him in the asylum. Then he gets out. He doesn't really kill anybody there. He uh, kills the gentleman for his jumpsuit. Um, then he... Let's see. Because if you're gonna go on a killing spree, he, you gotta look good. He kills um the two the two kids in the house, and I'm drawing a blank on her name all of a sudden. Um, yeah, the guy with the glasses. And he his kills Annie in this in the original. He doesn't kill her in the sequel. And that's five. Uh, he kills. Seems like he killed one other person, so maybe six at most. I don't think yeah, I was, thought it was five. Might have been five. I might. All right. Just getting the score. <laughs> you know, surprisingly, there isn't a list online of kills. 
There's got to be. There is. There has got to be. If you'd reference it with the the remake, somebody somewhere gonna. I saw. I saw. Yeah, I saw. I saw a meme once. You know, it was all like you know different movie franchises and the and the kills that that person has gotten on each movie, and he was in there. I'm just googling number of kills in horror films. Or just do kill count Halloween or something like that. Oh, that that would have been better. Yeah, that's why I can find anything in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Movie monster kill sheet. Yeah, movie monster kill sheet. Yeah, that's probably the Uh, one I'm talking about. And no, this is Frankenstein and the Wolfman being in charge charged with voyeurism. (laughs) Um, All right, that's that's classic monsters. By the way, as a, as a complete aside, I'm thinking about trying to write a comedy bit about Mike Myers not really being a serial killer. He's just a pervert, a misunderstood, perverted interior decorator. That was called a love guru. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to spoil it or nothing, you know, but that, I'm working on that, so. Thanks for the almost laugh. No, I wasn't going for a laugh. Okay. Okay. That's, I'm working uh-huh. on that. All right. All right, Joel, you got the count? No. I was, oh, look, I was giving you tips. <laughs> okay. No, I, now that Pat's here, I'm not even facing the computer right now. Horror film body count. I'm, I'm on it. I'm, oh, okay. Well oiled machine. <laughs> I can keep looking. You guys go ahead. Okay. So, Joel. Yes. What'd you think? I'm curious. I'm curious because I know you have very strong opinions about the other director and his stuff. Uh, um, so what'd you think? Well, as far as, as far as Carpenter is concerned, I, 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 first of all, I think he's a, a pretty great director. He's, he's made a lot of stinkers as many, as many as he's made good films. But, um, that one, Halloween is definitely one of his best, um, as far as his lexicon films go. But, um, I, I agree with you. I mean, as Josh, everything Josh said is pretty much kind of what I was going to say as well. Um, I mean, I think Hitchcock set up the slasher genre with Psycho. And gave us a nice template to follow. And uh, what Carpenter did was bring it up, you know, 15, 20 years. Let's see, Psycho was 67, I'm, um, so he, you know, he kind of brought it into a, a next generation, gave it a new look. And, um, uh, I know one of the things I, I just bought the 35th anniversary Blu-ray and there was a, uh, a documentary on there and they were talking about, and I watched the, there was also something on stars or ease E about it as well. Um, how he used a steady cam and that was kind of unusual for such a low budget film. But he, he used uh, all these really long, slow, steady shots where there's very little movement to set up that sense of dread and that sense of um, suspense, which Josh mentioned. And it gave it something that people weren't expecting because it was such a low budget thing. Um, there's very little blood, but people still see it. Just like people say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one is one of the bloodiest movies I've ever seen. There's practically no blood in either film. Um, he created a, a very enigmatic character with a Shatner mask and a little bit of white paint. Um, and he had a cast of young stars that sold the scripts. So, I mean, I think it's a classic. I watch it every Halloween season. I own all of them. I don't think. All of them are very good, but I think that the first one, it definitely is a standalone in the genre. And, uh, um, unfortunately it's been kind of bastardized over the years, but it's, uh, it did what it was supposed to do in a very effective way. And that's why we're still talking about it 
this much, you know, later. So I, I love it. I, for me, it's a five out of five star horror film. I like it too. I think it's really, I, I really do enjoy the movie. The, the tension that is built by not knowing what's coming or like Josh said, seeing him in the background and knowing that he's watching really did a great job on getting you all wound up. Um, the other thing that I liked about John Carpenter is especially in the very first scene, the first person perspective, uh, the shots that he did where you were in Michael's eyes watching what was going on, like on the outside of the house when he, you know, when in the very first, uh, very first shot when he was a kid, yeah. you know, and then you see when he puts the mask on and now they put that, that uh, stencil or whatever over the camera. So now you only see things through the, through the eyes of the mask, which conveniently covered up the blood too, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice and probably saved him, you know, not having a, such a bad, uh, which that's actually another interesting thing to mention is that, uh, that was kind of unusual for the time to see from the killer's perspective. Um, and where we'll get to with the, the remake, but for this film, the story was about Laurie Strode and for Rob Zombie's version, it was about Michael Myers. All right. From the horror film body count wiki, which I'm glad to learn is a thing. <laughs> it exists, right? Uh, it's not very complete, but it does have Halloween 1978. There were five total kills, okay. only four of which were on screen, three of which were by, uh, sorry, four were on screen, and then of the four that were on screen, three were by the adult Michael Myers. He had, uh, his sister Judith stabbed repeatedly with a knife. Mm-hmm. Killed on screen. Christopher Joseph Hastings, guy with the glasses, killed off screen. Cause of death unknown. Anne Marie Brackett, uh, throat slit with a knife, killed on screen by Michael Myers. Robert David Sims, impaled through the chest with a knife. <clears throat> and then Linda Vanderklok, uh, strangled with a telephone cord. So those. Yeah, he would. Yep, those are kind of victims. a low count there. Mm-hmm. But he's but he still stands. I'm I don't let's see. Well, they had to ramp up the body count in the sequels. Well, they did. Yeah. That was something that that was talked about in the documentary. Is that uh, with each sequel, you know, the 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 taste change of the audience and what was going on in the cinema at the time was different. So the second one went to an extreme. They pulled it back a little in the third, and then it just kind of was steady after that. But Carpenter, yeah, they was never about that. So. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm choking. <laughs> I feel like a nerd. <laughs> Josh, I was waiting for Josh to be like, how's it feel? Yeah. How do you God. like it? I was going to interpret that as consent. <laughs> I like your I've silence. I've been from way back. <laughs> so, thumbs up, thumbs down across the board on these guys. On the uh, 1978 Halloween. I give it a thumbs up. Absolutely. I still think it's a great movie. Thumbs up. Yeah, easily thumbs up, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely thumbs up. And I, I'm glad that uh, no one talked about how they were bored, because I, I have watched this movie with groups, and I always find myself disappointed in judging the people who are bored by this movie. As you should. It, it's, per- it's it's just the, the, the pacing is perfect, like you said. You know, it's like there's so much tension, you know, and, that, and that's why I didn't like, you know, I like this movie and, you know, uh, 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 Nightmare on Elm Street more than their sequels because they, they did such a better job with the, with the tension, with the pacing and everything in the first one mm-hmm. and made it a really, truly scary movie, not just a hack fest. So, yeah. All right. So you want to take a little break here? We'll come back and talk about uh, Halloween 2007. Yeah. Let's go to the break. Maybe hear some scary music. 
Spooky. All right, cool. Hey there, Georgie girl. Walking down the street so fancy free. I'm really sad. I know all the words to this song. Boop, boop, be doo Inside you, hey there. Inside what? Yay. Hooray, we're back from <laughs> getting things to drink. And I should have pooped. <laughs> we, we need to get a <laughs> we need to get a Wilhelm Helm screen Indeed. as a soundbite. Wilhelm, yeah. I, we know what happens when we do soundbites. I go away. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> really need a the break. <laughs> yes, all the more reason we need that screen. I posted. I <laughs> <laughs> it'll be perfect. He presses it. Scream sounds. Mike's gone. <laughs> I I posted that to one of the uh, podcasting message boards. I'm like, every time I play a soundbite, I disappear. Can you please help me? And they're like, please stop posting. <laughs> They're like, please, I don't bite now and go away. (laughs) (laughs) Please demonstrate. Yes, let us see how this works. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. All right, so Halloween 2007. Oh, yes. This one, directed by Robert Barrett Cummings. Don't be fancy. It's Rob Zombie. (laughs) Douche nozzle. Hey, we're a classy podcast, man. We use full names here. Exactly. All right, yes. Michael. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was just, yeah. Do you know my full name? Yes. Oh, okay. If I say it, am I going to get, like, in tr- you're going to summon him? Am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> you say it, I'm just going to edit it out with a lot of clown noises. <laughs> if you All say right. It three times, they'll show up in your house. All right. All right. Get Michael. a load of <laughs> Stand in the background and just look at you. All right, let's quiet down so Michael can cut this out. All right, so Michael Raymond Texky, 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 Texty. I didn't think the last name was going to be what got him stuck. I didn't think that either. You wouldn't think so, but I'm. I was hoping that's what he was going to do. Your full name is Mike. Hang hong, hang hong, hee haw. Starring Malcolm McDowell, Brad Dorf. Dorf. God, this is far away. Danelle Harris, Tyler Maine, Danny Trejo. Who played Trejo? What did I miss? I, in the show notes, it's spelled T R E Y dash H O. I could. Trejo. <laughs> I didn't know how to spell his last name, and I didn't want to look it up. So, <laughs> Lou Temple, Clint Howard, Udo Kerr, D. Wallace Stone, Scout Taylor, Compton, Sherry Moon Zombie, of course. Uh, <laughs> welcome welcome so, to your phonetic show notes. <laughs> yes, there we go. I mean, aside from the obvious Danny Trejo as uh, the favorite actor in this, I'm a huge fan of Brad Dourif in everything he does, despite hmm. the fact he always looks like he's on the verge of crying. Yeah, yeah, he does. Mike and I were talking about that earlier when we were watching it. I was, I was talking about how you know I just love him and everything. Yeah, Deadwood especially. Oh yeah, was my, was my oh, favorite Deadwood role as, of his as yeah. Warm Tongue. Also, yeah. he's also the voice of Chucky. Yes, and Demi's. don't forget his role in Nightwatch. <laughs> what you guys watch that at my house? <laughs> Shut up. What with you and McGregor, Trisha Arquette, Nightwatch? Creepy movie takes place in a morgue. Remake of a French film. I think you're thinking of your other... Oh, characters. wait a minute. No, wait. no, I think I actually know what you're talking about. That was called... I've been actually trying to remember the name of that movie for like four years. Nightwatch. Yeah, this whole time I was trying to figure out Josh which monster... Josh Brolin is in it? I thought he said Nightbreed. Josh Brolin is in it? I thought he said Night Shift. <laughs> I thought he said Night Stalker. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys are ass. Kalachik? It was Kalachik? Ass clowns. All of these. Night Rider. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Sorry, we didn't have the money for all those channels when we were growing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back you on with, track. You, you with your fancy cheese and pay cable. Okay. All right. Did he go away? No, I'm here, you ass. <laughs> you an ass. So, so one thing I have to say about this this one, a lot more background on Michael Myers. Like, 45 minutes more background on Michael Myers on this that, that one. That kid was good, too. He was yeah, he was, he was really good. He, he played off, and he had that look of that creepy... Everybody had that kid at school... With the kiss shirt or the Slayer shirt or whatever, and the long stringy hair, and, mm-hmm. and well acted, well put together, and forty minutes of shit I didn't care about. Dig Ferrick is his name. Wait, are you, are you talking about the, the the first first forty minutes? Yeah, the whole like I I understood what they were going for, and uh, some of it was interesting, but I was like, this this is missing the point. Right, because one of the things that that I mean, even though I, was, I enjoyed the little exposition, one of the things I like is evil with no reasoning behind it. That's what makes it even more creepy to me, like a leather face, you know. And, and I, th- I thought it was a little bit cheap to give him like such a you know an out as to why he became what he became. But I still you know I, I enjoyed it like from a you know if, if it hadn't been a Michael Myers movie. I mean, I would have enjoyed watching it, you know, that first 40 minutes, and I still did, but I understand what you're saying. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the issue was that it went on just a little too long. Like, I think they could have done without that second segment of him talking to Michael Myers. You know what I mean? You're talking about in the institution? Yeah. But in the how institution do you establish after. the relationship then? Between him and the, him and Malcolm McDowell? Yeah, between him and Dr. Loomis. How do you, how do you establish? How much, how much, well, how much establishment of between Michael and Dr. Loomis was there in the first one? Oh, there's some stuff that was not in that movie, but that's not neither here nor there. Um, well, but that's not, I mean, the point of, of, like I said earlier on was, and we'll go back to that, is that, uh, Rob Zombie's idea was to take the focus off of Laurie Strode and put it on Michael Myers and to shift focus. And so in order to do that, you had to tell, Michael's story from the beginning, not Laurie's. Yeah, but I don't think you need to tell that much story. Well, it, it made you care about Dr. Loomis as much <laughs> as you did about the other characters, because he is a primary figure in the film. Okay. I, I think I think the story would not have suffered at all if they had, you know, if they had cut William Forsythe's character, the, the, you know, the stepfather or yeah. whatever. I don't think it would have would have suffered at all, and that could have saved him an extra, you know, five, ten minutes, whatever, in that first section. Yeah, maybe it wasn't a structural problem. Maybe that was a good choice. Like, I, I get what you're saying, Joel. I, I just think that maybe it was 35 minutes when it could have been 15. And and, and I, don't, I don't like the, uh, the attempt, whether how successful or whether even intentional, of like making Michael Myers almost you know more of a sympathetic figure. That's that's exactly it. You start you have a sympathy for him in this one. It's like oh man, that kid went through a lot of shit when he was young. Right, and that's why I'm saying like sometimes evil just for for no reason is scarier than evil where you can feel sympathy. That thing for is him. That it almost took away. I wait. I think I think put a, giving that much background and making you that sympathetic for Michael Myers in the in this version took away from some of the mysticism of him. I agree with that. You don't know. You you saw he was out there killing people. Why? Because he was in a rage. They're in his house. They're in this. This is where this all this happened to him. He's looking for his sister. 
where in the first one, you don't know, I mean, this kid just, you don't know why he killed his sister. He just snapped and killed her. Because, yeah, it opens with him digging through a drawer and getting a knife, knife, put on a mask and ganking his sister. And you don't know why. So there's that, always that, what happened, which you not knowing why he has a motive or even if he has a motive. I think that's what is really kind of scary. Okay. Go ahead, Joel. Sorry. But you, you may, you may disagree with making him a sympathetic character. But again, Rob Zombie's point in making the movie was to shift focus. And any sympathy that you felt for that character, you immediately lost as soon as he killed Treo's character. Spoiler. Because here's a character that took care of him, defended him, and stood by him, and he didn't care. He was still a, a killing machine that didn't care about who he's killing as long as he was getting to his end goal. So all of that sympathy you felt from the beginning, as far as I'm concerned, was gone as soon as he killed him. Because here's a character you can all relate to, and you know he's a genuinely good person, and he died for no reason at all. Then why didn't Michael? Then why didn't Michael Myers kill the little girl when he was standing behind her? Which little girl? The little girl dressed up as a princess. He stood right behind her in that living room. While that movie was on, that was the same movie that his stepfather was watching when he killed him. If he was such a killing machine, why did he not kill that little girl? I think he probably, in a lot of ways, relates to still being a kid. So, I mean, he didn't kill any little kids when he was little, either. He didn't kill a sister. I I just found his motivations to be entirely inconsistent. And and I didn't feel that it made me feel anything about Michael Myers as a character. It made me check out the movie. That was... yeah. And I, I think we're almost to the point where we can tell how we all feel about the movie, but that was the point where I started to decide I didn't like it, was when Danny Trejo's character died. Mm-hmm. I, I, I a little bit disagree, but I, I mean, just, just because in that scene, I even looked at Mike and I was like, is he going to kill this guy or not? You know, because I was kind of interested, you know, and, and the fact that he did, I was like, oh, well, you know, they kind of crossed a little bit of a border there, so. Yeah. You know? Well, quick, quick, just a thumbs up, thumbs up down just i'm curious because for me it was a huge thumbs down i did not like uh mike i i'm giving it a thumbs down uh, as a halloween movie if this was if this was another monster movie another serial killer movie another psycho psycho movie well not psycho but i mean another insane person (laughs) movie killing people i would have given it a better I would have felt better so about it. We're kind of running into the whole thing we ran into with Conan, where it's like, you know, if this had been another movie, not in this franchise, it would have been fine. Exactly. Yeah, that's what you're thinking. But right. can't you disconnect it? I mean, The Crow was a, a fine action movie, but it was not anywhere close to the original comic. Therefore, if you take them as two things, you can enjoy them equally on their own regard. So therefore, this movie not being the same movie that was done, if he would have just remade the original movie, everybody would have called Foul, which granted the other... the act or the second half and third act of the film are basically the original movie but he still takes his own liberties with it so if you look at them as two separate entities then you can enjoy them for what they are and think of them as a different movie and not part of that franchise but i think using the crows a as an example doesn't work because the the book the crow the graphic novel the crow was written for an entirely different audience than the movie was made for the movie was not was made for movie goers. The Crow was written by James O'Barr, two people who read these books. Oh. And okay, well, how about the Batman series? Then you know you talk about the, the Michael Keaton Batman versus the Christian Bale Batman. You know, I mean, you know, you're, you're just basically talking about the difference between a remake and a reboot. They're not the same you know, animal. Sure. Yeah. I, I will I mean, go further than Mike said. 
whether you're talking this as a Halloween movie or as a movie, I did not like the Rob Zombie interpretation. I just well, didn't like be, it as a movie. I, I will, as usual, be the, the dissenting voice. I will actually give it a thumbs up, not like all the way up. It's kind of like a three-quarter thumb, but I mean, I I enjoyed it. You know, um, Like your penis. <laughs> three quarters of my thumb that's about right yeah. so where where are you at joel are we at the full spectrum where you're all the you way made him take up? his pants off <laughs> oh jesus not again and he doesn't need any reason anymore and i never did um i well i you know, when i first went into the movie i originally when i walked out of the theater i felt a little uh, unsure um, because of the vi- the level of the violence and having come from, you know, only knowing the original series, I was expecting it to be a little closer to that. But knowing Rob Zombie and what he does, I, it didn't surprise me. It just took me a little while to kind of get over that shock. And after, after the sin, I've watched it now too many times to count. And I think, I think the ending of the film itself, just alone, that last 30 seconds of film, is in my opinion one of the uh, one of the best examples of a use of music, dialogue, action, violence to emphasize a point. I don't know. I, I I think the ending is amazing, but I think it's a great movie. I think it's it's well done. I think the story is is there. Are you are you specifically talking about like when she's hovering over him trying to right. load the uh, okay that right. that scene okay. right there is extremely intense and the way it caps it with her scream and the look on her face i mean it, it literally every time i see it i get a gut reaction to it and it's impressive to me but i think that the movie as a whole is well done i think the characters are are despite what people say i think fairly well drawn out there are they are very the very much caricatures of a certain type of person, but at the same time, of real people um, that you probably have met at some point in your life. Um, I think it, yeah, it has its flaws. Every film does. And and if we talked about the sequel, I'd probably go even further off on it than the rest of you. But um, I wait, there's a second one. Yeah. Uh, to the Rob Zombie. One? Yeah, yeah. He, he, at the last minute decided to, to take on the second one, despite, what he originally had said because he said I, he wanted to finish the story and nobody else seemed to be interested. So he said, I'll go ahead and tell the story I wanted to tell. And he did it his way and he's still getting shit for it. And people are wrong. It's a great, it's a great <laughs> film. I, I am not, are. I'm not entirely surprised because I, from the way we were talking, I thought we were on a spectrum with me at one extreme and you at the other. Cause I, literally if, if we weren't doing a show on this, the today, I would not have sat through it yesterday. I, I disliked I, it that much. I, I did not dislike it that much, but I didn't love it as much as I'm right in the middle. So. I yeah, own I, and of that film, I own or five copies. Um, <laughs> they're all different. Wait, okay, good. <laughs> no, I, I own. In, I just thought in, you had in, like in some. Case one gets scratched. Well, I know? thought he had, no. just had like some memory issues. I have the the original theatrical version. I have the unrated on DVD. I've got the work print. On DVD, I've got the Blu-ray edition, and then I've got and the Broadway musical, the three-disc edition that has the four and a half hour making of documentary. So each one has its I own. I shot him five times. <laughs> no, there is a Chainsaw Massacre musical though, and you can see the trailer for it on my Facebook page. There is, Thank you, Jesse. Oh, right. Yes. Anyway, so, I, I think it's I think it's a great film. I think it's a, it's a it's a well done piece of slasher that uh, once again Rob Zombie brought the goods. 
See, you're also a big fan of Rob Zombie too. So I am. I think uh, I think he's one of the best modern horror filmmakers out there, and I will defend him in any way I can with my film knowledge to just show my opinion. That doesn't make it right. It's just, I'm just, sure. I don't. I don't. Dis- I don't disagree with that. Actually, oh. no. I think it was okay. Go ahead, Josh. I, I think it was obviously made with love and made with skill. But uh, I kind of feel I like his original stuff. But when he does a remake, it's like this is obviously a man who has a great deal of love and respect for the original movie. But I kind of feel that you don't have to do a direct shot-for-shot remake to have uh, a degree of respect for the original and to not miss it point. And I get it's like, okay, we're going to keep some of the core trappings and we're not going to tell the story already been told. I'm going to tell my story. I just found the new story not anywhere near as interesting as the old one. Because where we're talking about body count and suspense. Uh, every time I said, I'm thinking, okay, this is the spot where the killer jumps out and kills somebody in the 2007. He did. There was no surprise. It was like, oh, okay, so he's going to do this now. The character's going to act stupid and they're going to get killed. And I could just shuffle it in with the rest of the junk because it doesn't give me any of the same feelings that the original Halloween did. That, that, I will I will say that is one thing I didn't like about this movie. There were several times when I just kept pointing out like the dumb things that different characters were doing. The sheriff not even investigating the fact that the, the, the leading expert on Mike Myers is saying, hey, he's in your town. You want to do something about this? He's like, oh, you're full of baloney. Yeah, I read, I, yeah, yeah. I read your book. You're just coming here to make more blood money. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, and the I think the stupidest part, I don't know how... These guys got vetted for working in an insane asylum. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. any guys that decide that they're going to go into the room of the biggest mass of the East of but that's the unrated guy. version. You did, did have you seen the, the original theatrical version? No, no. In the original theatrical version, which is the harder one to find these days, um, unfortunately, uh, there's four prison guards that are taking him that are transferring him because he's getting transferred out of that asylum. And as he's, as they're transferring him, he basically breaks free, kills them all, and, and then kills everybody else and heads out. It's not this whole stupid, I, I don't yeah, like and rape, I, and I, I don't agree with that, the way that that was handled, but that's why it was not in the theatrical version. Okay, so then may, I would have, could have bought him escaping yeah, a exactly. hell of a lot better. Then I, I even pointed out to Mike, I was like, when they were in there, like, you know, messing with him and messing with the masks, and I, I said, I wouldn't mess with the man this size, whether he was sane or insane, and especially with him being insane, and, yeah. you, and you straight up know he's a mass murderer. Yeah, I'm not going to go in his room and fuck well, with him. I don't, you know, there's like, another, another point that I just remembered is that in the original theatrical version, all the bits with um, Dr. Loomis talking with him and all the video, like it looks like it's old film stock where they're, you know, recording their conversations. That's not in the original. That was, that was part of the, the, what was considered the unrated version. Oh, so that would, okay, that would so have cut it down a little bit. That, like Josh, that cuts it down yeah. a bit. Um, there's a lot of very subtle changes. The end, um, is, is also subtly different. I mean, there's, there's lots of things that are taken out for the theatrical version that streamlines it and makes it a little bit more concise. They, both uh, like the 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 second one, the ending to that completely destroys it versus the original theatrical version. In my opinion, I still think it's a good movie, but it just it's not the same. 
so so basically on that recommendation, I would say, Josh, you need to watch this movie again. Just watch the theatrical version. Well, that's the thing is, I was waiting for Joel to finish. I <laughs> I did watch the original theatrical version. You did. That Ooh. was the version I watched. Well, good. Wow. So. Yeah, and I, I still did not care for it. And that's fine. Again, I, I know a lot of people that really did not like it. Well, then it. you need to watch it over as the unrated version. I think that would change <laughs> Shut up. Maybe <laughs> I'll have to check out the other. I mean, sit through it again. I, I, and I will declare my bias. I am the guy that finds it very, very difficult to separate the adaptation from the source material. I, I'm, right. not, I'm not the classic purist, but I am always watching with the original in mind if it's adapted from a comic book i got the comic book in mind so i i might have been predisposed with uh my tastes to dislike this movie all right uh, so round round table says wait do we have one more one more defense joel oh um i i uh, just to make my side of it real quick is that i'm I'm a believer in remakes. I won't say that I necessarily fully support them, but because you because you saw her face. Ah, no, <laughs> I, I um I once heard Gus Van Zandt interview, and I've said this a million times on my other shows, but he was talking about Psycho, and and his remake of Psycho, by the way, is shot for shot awful. If you want to ever see mm-hmm. Anne Hesh's watch Psycho, the remake, literally. Wait, but, is that the and, one? Anne what? Butthole. In the shower scene. I gotta go to the computer and download. You can see her butthole. Just look up Anne Hesh's uh, butthole, and you'll see. There's there's pictures of it. Anyway, yeah, um, you're skyping out every time you say butthole, which is why we're laughing. <laughs> Great. He's getting he's getting censored by Skype. What Gus Van Zant said, and and I disagreed with his remake, but I agreed with his philosophy. Is that for every song that's out there, many many of them have. And it will be remade. Um, like, you know, how many times has one of Beethoven's symphonies been redone by a different orchestra? And it's accepted. It's, there are people that like one and people like the other, but it's an accepted thing. You know, how many times have people covered songs by the Beatles or whatever? Nope. It's accepted. It's the same reason why film can't be the same way. And people are so tight assed about it and hard up that they can't get past that that they love something so much that they can't see it redone but it's the same philosophy so there's no reason why you can't get behind both and still be right in your opinion that's well there, there, yeah there's tons of people nowadays that are just this whole backlash against remakes against all the you know reimaginings reboots re whatever you know and they're like oh hollywood has no original ideas they've been doing this for a hundred years in Hollywood, I mean, you know, they've been remaking movies since the 1920s, you know, and, and even those movies were just remakes of Shakespeare movies. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, there's still original creative stuff out there, but there's always going to be remakes, always in any kind of art, any kind of entertainment, any kind of anything. The first okay sign was what 1917. The first uh, Wizard of Oz was like 1907 or something like that. I mean, it's like. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, even the 1927 Wizard of Oz was a remake. Yeah, but people okay. don't get that point and that thank you pat for backing me up on that because i, I yeah, no problem. that's why whenever a remake comes out and people bitch about it i'm like you know what i'm gonna watch it and then i'll decide after i've seen it i'm not gonna prejudge it because of what it is yeah well, one thing I, and on another point of this i want to say i did like about this movie it had great use of music yeah and the cinematography was good uh, yeah I, I i'll mean, even grow into that and i hated it yeah and the <laughs> yeah. women were gorgeous mm. that doesn't hurt yeah the but the use of like especially when uh the love hurt scene you know, with you know, Nazareth, little, yeah, yeah, little little Michael, little Michael Myers sitting on the side 
of the uh, side of the street as the same time that his mom is working. And <laughs> do you know what song was originally it, used for that scene? Um, not at all. Say La Vie by Robbie Neville. No, Only Women Bleed by Alice Cooper. Oh, Just a little nice. trivia for all. Yeah, nice. That's the one nice. she's actually dancing to when they were filming. So, so Mike, yeah, Mike, she's moving pretty quick for that. Mike and I were watching this earlier, and we said basically. Mike Myers, the whole tragedy of Mike Myers as a serial killer could have been completely avoided if he'd have just gotten better candy because all he got was circus peanuts and candy corn. Yeah, that would piss me off. If they'd have given him some Nutrageous or maybe some, some Snickers or some Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, everybody would have lived. Give him a goddamn Snickers bar. All right, let's end this. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, that's why we gave away only real chocolate this year. Real <laughs> killers. Like, like, Mike Myers, stop stabbing people and eat a Snickers. <laughs> See, I keep calling him Mike Myers, and I keep thinking of, like, Wayne. Ooh, Wayne's Wayne. Now, there's a remake I could get behind. (laughs) Imagine Michael Myers, the serial killer, but he's got the giant cat in the hat hat on. And Mike Myers playing Michael I'm just seeing that the the, uh, psychiatrist is being done by Garth. He's like, I shot him five times, man! (laughs) I want to see that movie. All right, so, so round table, thumbs up, thumbs down. Pat? I say thumbs up barely, but thumbs up. Josh, we know. Oh, yeah, I can't get any thumbs down. down. Josh and Joel, yeah. we don't need a vote on, we just need yeah, Mike. 100% yeah. thumbs up. Joel, Joel, we can't, he can't get his any further up. And I'm... <laughs> up your butt. See, I'm going, I'm going thumbs down on this one. Sorry, I mean, I, I still as a... You. We are, we are divided. You will, I've paid my bill this week. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so... All right, good chat. So that is our take on the two uh, first and most recent uh, takings of the Halloween. So what do we got on or tap for origin next week? Movie. Happy next, Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. <laughs> and uh, next week we are going to be talking about the top ten on the Billboard charts of 1988. So we're going to be going down the list of uh, 10 to 1 on 1988. And uh, so you guys want to look that up for next week. That would be Yeah, not just, helpful. Not just 1988. We'll, we'll also look at the hot 100 for oh, now. And the hot and the hot top 10 for now, too. That's, Sorry about that. I was trying to give him the, 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 the nonverbal clues. I thought you wanted not... to ride on a carousel. That's what I thought that <laughs> uh, that, that was an ugly time for me. He thought I was trying to tell him to steal home. I think. 1988 or riding on a carousel? 1988 and now. So uh, it's it's I'm uncomfortable talking about that, but we'll talk about and we, it. Anyway. And, and we should end on a sad note since we've been having <laughs> sad notes all night. And then the <laughs> baby <Yes>. died. <laughs> Nobody puts face yes. in the clock. <laughs> and a moment of silence for Edith Head. See, there you and go. <laughs> <laughs> what about Helen Girl Brown though? About what? You skyped out. Oh. Uh, he, he was talking about Eth- Edith Head, so I was talking about Helen Gurney Brown, or some other oh. cultural figure that you don't know a lot about. Sam, <laughs> so when you Skyped out, I thought you said butthole again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so thanks for joining us again this week. This is Mike signing out, and uh, if you guys want to uh, hear from or want to tell God bless us. <laughs> you like things- or visit us at www.40go14.com for our blog updates as well as information about us and you can stream the show live download it directly through that link find us on itunes blueberry talk shoe and all the other fine podcasting directories and join us here next week for another episode of 40 going on 14 and hopefully soon we'll have a 
an actual voicemail line rather than having to call my other show's line and leaving him. <laughs> I don't think the other hosts like that too much. You know what, Joel? That's This is your job from now yeah, on. This, this, guy, is, this guy's done this before. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's a pro at this. So, All we've got is butthole. <laughs> we've got butthole and Mr. No-No. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, I brought you candy. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks again for joining us this week, and uh, we'll uh, be on next week with the top ten. Blah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good night, folks. Just shit all over everything. Yeah, Joel just did. did. <laughs> Good night, show. everybody. Yeah, the music show. We make noise. <laughs> <laughs> we should record yeah. this late more often. <laughs> Oh, oh, shit. Oh, that, was, that was a hot mess there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Shut him six times!